Well, before we jump um, into the message, um, I, I just have, I want to talk a little bit about this week and what's going to be happening. Um, this morning is the beginning of Holy Week, Palm Sunday, and we have a busy week ahead of us. There's a lot going on, and, and I want to invite you to be a part of Holy Week this week, not just sitting at home, not just waiting for Easter Sunday, but I want to invite you to be a part of all that we're doing this week. And so let's just talk about that real quick. There's no Wednesday night services this week. Um, there's nothing going on on Wednesday, but on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, we have Monday Thursday service. And that's going to be a prayer walk experience. That's going to be an opportunity for you to um, walk around the church and, and be at different stations and places where you'll pray for different things. And, and it's going to be an awesome time. So Thursday night at 7, we have that going on. And then Friday night at 7, we have our Good Friday service. And we're going to come together and we're going to worship together and, and we're going to have a service then. Then Saturday morning, and this is really important, these are all important, but this is really important, we have have extravaganza. And extravaganza is a huge ministry outreach here at our church. It's when we have over a thousand people here at the church for extravaganza. Kids, families, and people from all over our community come to our church and we have an opportunity to minister to them and love them. And so I just want to say this. Extravaganza is a really cool event. I mean, it's really fun for the kids, and we're going to have inflatables, and we're going to have snacks, and we're going to have all sorts of good things. But do you know what we really need at Extravaganza? We need you. We need you to come and share God's love and God's hope with the people from our community that come in. And so I want to challenge each and every one of you to be here Saturday from noon to three and to be a part of Extravaganza. Then, so Saturday's extravaganza, noon to three, Sunday morning at seven o'clock, that's a theme here, seven Thursday, seven Friday, seven Sunday morning, we have sunrise service, and if you like to get up early and you want to come for the sunrise service, seven o'clock on Sunday morning. After that, there will be a breakfast, after the breakfast at our normal time, 9.30, we'll have connection groups, and then after connection groups, we have our Easter service at our regular time. And, and let me just say this. Going through this Jesus series has been awesome. It's been an incredible thing. And, and as we've walked through the different aspects of who Jesus is, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you and tell you that I have been getting more and more and more excited about next week. I am so excited for Easter Sunday. And you should be too. Because it is going to be an awesome celebration and an awesome time of worshiping our king and worshiping and, and celebrating the resurrection. And so I want to challenge you to be here next Sunday morning, but invite everybody that you can. Not because we're awesome, not because anything here is going to be super incredible, but because we worship the resurrected king. And we have great news and great hope to offer the world around us. And so next Sunday morning, come. Bring people with you. And so please, participate in Holy Week with us. Be a part of the things that we're doing on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And just join with us and walk through that week together. So this morning, we're going to be talking about Jesus the King. Jesus the King. So let me start with a question. Have any of you ever been in the presence of a king 
Or have any of you ever been in a place where a king was passing by? Now, I know we don't have a king in our country, but, but have you, maybe in another country you were there. Have any of you ever been around a king? Bobby Bowden last night said LeBron James, and I do not accept that answer as a king. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, okay, I, I saw a hand. All right, so this is more likely. Have any of you ever seen or been around the president when the president was passing by or you were there and, and saw the president? How many of you have been around that? Okay, cool. How many, this is an interesting one. How many of you have ever been around the Pope? Anyone? All right, awesome. That would, that would be a really cool experience. Well, well, I was thinking about Jesus the King, and I was thinking about um, what we celebrate this morning, the Palm Sunday morning, and I was thinking about this, and, and what came to my mind, and this is going to be the second time that I've used an example from this movie in this series, but what came to my mind was the movie Aladdin. And when, when Aladdin turns into Prince Ali and he's marching into town and he's going to try to win um, the daughter of the sultan or whoever it was, and Aladdin's marching in and they've got that song, make way for Prince Ali. Come on, sing it with me. No, don't sing it with me. And, and so he's marching in and there's elephants and there's horses and there's monkeys and there's all these animals and it's this huge procession. And if you've ever been around the president or the king, or the pope, then you've experienced something similar to that. I've never been around any of those things, but, and I think I've already talked about this as well, but I went to Los Angeles to go to a uh, Los Angeles Lakers game, and I'm a big fan of basketball, and my favorite player is Shaquille O'Neal. And I went to, the, to Los Angeles when I was just out of college, and I remember we saw a game when we sat on the 20th row in the Staples Center, and, and after the game, I was like, I'm going down there by the tunnel. The tunnel was right over there, and I was going to see Shaq and Kobe, eh, Kobe, but Shaq and Kobe and Carl Malone and Gary Payton and all these, all these awesome basketball players walk by. And so when the game ended, I ran down there and there's all these fans gathered around and, and Shaq, seven foot one, 350 on a light day. And just this massive, awesome guys walking by. And those are, those are the champion Lakers. That's my favorite player. If you've been in my basement, then, then you've seen that I have a life-size Shaq thing on my wall. And I've got a bunch of Shaq bobbleheads and some Shaq jerseys. I'm a little bit of a Shaq fan. And so we see this picture of people gathered around and excited because a king is passing by or a pope or a president. And that's what we see on Palm Sunday. And so let's read it. It's Mark chapter 11, verses 7 through 11. It says this. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest of heaven! Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. And so on Palm Sunday, we usually talk about this story where the king is entering Jerusalem. And we see this moment where people are gathered around and they're excited because the king is here and they're yelling and it's this parade and it's awesome. And they're witnessing what they think they're witnessing is the king going to the throne. And I can just think about maybe there were some kids in the crowd there who were like, 
that's the king. I see the king. These people had heard about Jesus' miracles. They'd heard about who Jesus was. They saw his movement and his revolution in this kingdom continue to grow. And more and more people are following him. And now here we are in Jerusalem, in the city of Jerusalem, and the king is coming in. And the crowds are gathered, and they're excited, and they're yelling, and they're screaming, and they're waving things. Why were they so excited? Why, why were the crowds so excited? Here's why the crowds were so excited. Why do we get so excited around a president or a pope or a king? Because kings have the ability to change things. So the last few weeks I've, I've preached sermons and people have come to me and said, Alex, you really missed opportunities to rhyme in your sermons. So here we go. This is my rhyme for today. Kings change things. Kings change things. They have the ability to do what we can't. A king can change everything. Me and myself, I'm just a, just a normal guy. I can't change this country. I can't, I can't change the rules. I can't change that stuff. But kings change things. And so these people are excited because this king can change the rules. This king can change how things work. And they're sitting there excited, thinking, we've lived under their rule for long enough. We've been under this other kingdom for long enough. We're ready for our king. And they're thinking, when our guy gets in power, we're going to get our way. And they're thinking, this king, this guy's going to change everything for us. If we think about our political landscape today, isn't that the thought that we have every election cycle? Like, if, if our person gets into office, everything's going to change. That's what these people are thinking. And here's the thing. These people had no idea what they were cheering on. They had no idea what this king was all about. They had no idea what they were excited for. They thought that they were there to witness a coronation and they were there to witness a cru crucifixion. They thought they were there to see the king go to the throne. They were there to see the king go to the cross. They had no clue what they were there for. But they didn't have it all wrong. They didn't have it all wrong. They were there witnessing the king. Wouldn't you love to be there when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem? They saw the king. Jesus was and is the king. Good news this morning. Jesus was and is the king. They had some of it wrong, but they were witnessing the king. And like we've talked about through this series, the kingdom was different than what they expected. But Jesus is the king. And so they had the right king, but the wrong kingdom. The right king, but the wrong kingdom. Well, Jesus makes it clear that his kingdom is approaching early in his ministry. In the first chapter of Mark, we see this. This is verses 14 and 15. It says this, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And so Jesus is saying, this is early in his ministry. He's going to go through this whole ministry leading up to this time in Jerusalem. And Jesus is saying from the very beginning, the kingdom is near. I am the king. And the kingdom is near. And Jesus says, repent and believe. So, so what does that mean? Well, number one, repent. The word used there for repent, 
literally means to change one's mind, to think differently. And in changing one's mind and thinking differently, to change course, to turn a different way. And so Jesus is saying, change your mind. The kingdom is near, and it's going to change your mind. It's going to be something different. It's going to change the way we think, and it should change your life. So live accordingly. We'll come back to this in a little bit. But the second thing Jesus says is, repent and believe the good news. Believe the good news. Now that's an interesting thing for a coming king, for a revolutionary, for this guy to say to the people that he's preaching to, just believe the good news. We would probably expect Jesus to say, join in with me. Come on, we're going. We're going to take this. Our kingdom's coming. Get on board. Fight with me. Come on. Jesus says, repent and believe the good news. Why does Jesus say, believe the good news instead of join the cause? This is why. Because the kingdom isn't dependent on your support or on your fighting ability or on your power. This kingdom is solely dependent on a savior that lays his life down on a cross. And so the good news is this. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be strong. You don't have to be all of it. You don't have to join in to make us better. The work is done. Dale talked about this last week. Jesus did the work for us. And so he's saying, repent and believe the good news. But this should change our minds. Kings change things. And this king came to change things. The gospel is an announcement of something that has been done for you that changes everything in your life. Jesus is letting you know that the kingdom is near and this should change everything. But those people that Jesus was preaching and teaching to, they didn't really get it. And the people, when Jesus was entering Jerusalem, didn't really get it. And I'm going to be real honest with you. Sometimes I don't get it. Sometimes it's probably an understatement there. That's probably being generous. Sometimes we don't get it. Sometimes we, we miss it. People didn't get it then and we don't get it now. But Jesus is the king and that's good news. But that's not quite the good news that we always think it's going to be. It's a different kingdom. Think about what we think with regime change. Just think about the political situation or, or when things change. What do we usually think? What do you, what do you see on Facebook? What do you hear in, in your conversations that revolve around power and change? We hear things like this, or we think things like this. Let's just be honest and say we think things like this. Ha-ha, we win. Our kingdom's here. We're the winners. You're the losers. We win. Don't you hear that every day on TV or on Facebook or wherever you're at? Don't you see that, that attitude every day? And we have an arrogance or a pride about our kingdom winning. Or, or the second thing, we like to rub it in everyone else's faces. And we think, hey, the kingdom is coming and our kingdom is established, so we've got it and you don't. You're missing out. We've got it. It's our king. And, and we start to look at others as inferior to us because they're not a part of our kingdom. And that's not what Jesus the King is all about. Or we think, hey, if Jesus just gets into power, if our kingdom gets into power, then everyone else, all those dirty, rotten people, are going to have to follow our rules and do it our way. And they're going to have to be like us. 
and we start to judge people and we start to think that this is about power and we start to think that this is about getting our way. But this kingdom is different. Listen, I believe that Jesus the King is in charge and I believe that Jesus is the only King. And I believe that everybody should follow Jesus and if that happened, this world would be such a better place. But what we talked about two weeks ago is that as we saw in Jesus the Revolutionary, our king didn't come for power or force. Our king came for love and sacrifice. And so what does it mean to us? If Jesus is our king, what does that mean for us this morning? What does it mean for you and for me if Jesus is our king? Well, let's look in Mark chapter 8. Jesus gives us a good idea of what kingdom living looks like. It says this in 34 to 35. It says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. And so our king is coming, we're excited, we're waving palm branches, we're yelling Hosanna, and we're thinking, yes, we're finally going to get it. And Jesus says, if you want to be a part of my kingdom, if you want to be one of my disciples, take up your cross and follow me. If you want to win, if you want to gain life, then you've got to lose your life. Why would we have to do that? If our kingdom is coming, if our king is going to establish power, why would we have to lose? That makes no sense. When your kingdom is established, you win usually. And Jesus says, if you want to be a part of my kingdom, take up your cross and follow me. But don't we have victory? Aren't we, aren't we on the good side? If you want to win, if, if you want to be a part of my kingdom, take up your cross and follow me. Here's the thing. I think a lot of us are all in on the parade. I think a lot of us are all in on the waving and the shouting and the, yeah, we're going to do it. We're, yeah, come on, Jesus, let's get it. But I think we really struggle with the take up your cross and follow me. Hey, I'm all in on the, on the fun. I'm all in on the, on the party. But, but a cross? Do you know what you're asking? And I think a lot of us are here. This kingdom is different. It goes against everything that's ingrained inside of you. It goes against what you've been taught in school. It goes against what you learn at work. This kingdom is totally different. In this kingdom, it's not about you. It's not about me. Those are the first words in in Rick Warren's A Purpose Driven Life. In this kingdom, it's not about you. And this makes me think of of, um, Mark chapter 10. James and John, the disciples, are come to Jesus and they say, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Think about it. Isn't that a ridiculous question? Isn't that, I mean, come on, nod with me. Isn't that a ridiculous question? Hey, Jesus, we want you to do whatever it is we ask of you. Now, can we be honest and say we ask that quite a bit? 
we have that same conversation sometimes. And Jesus says, okay, what do you want? And James and John say, we want it. when you get to glory, when your kingdom is established, and when you're there, we want to sit on your right and on your left. That's your right, not my right. That's my left. I know right and left. But we want to sit on your right and on your left because when you get to glory, we want to be in those spots. We're your disciples. We're awesome. Put us in the good spots. And Jesus looks at him and says, you have no clue what you're even asking for. You have no clue. Here's the thing. This kingdom is not about right or wrong. This kingdom is not about us being right and others being wrong. This kingdom is not about us being in charge or not being in charge. This kingdom is not about getting our way or not getting our way. This kingdom is about loving and sacrificing our lives. It's not about where you sit. It's not about your position. In this kingdom, what matters is not what you gain, but what you give. This kingdom is totally different. Last weekend, um, and then early this week, I had the opportunity to go to Tennessee with a group of people from our church to do a work and witness trip. And we went down to Stephen Manley's church. And Stephen Manley came here about a year ago, maybe a little bit less, and and did a revival here at our church. And let me just say, Stephen Manley is one of my favorite speakers. If you've heard him, you know he's incredible. And I love hearing Stephen Manley speak. And one of the great parts of that trip last weekend is that on Saturday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night, we had the opportunity to hear him speak three times. And every time I've ever heard Stephen Manley speak, it's blown my mind. And I'm sitting there in Lebanon, Tennessee, at a church that's much, much smaller than this one, and in a smaller room, and I'm listening to Stephen Manley speak, and I'm just sitting there, and I even said to a few people afterwards, like, that guy is awesome. Like, that guy just, he's the best. I mean, he's funny, He knows exactly how to get the point across. He knows exactly what story to use. He knows exactly, I mean, he is an amazing speaker. And as I'm sitting there in Tennessee and I'm looking around me, I see that he's speaking in a church of about 130 people between Saturday and Sunday morning. And I see that the the people he's ministering to are not the the rich people who are going to give him tons of money. He's ministering to to people in a halfway house ministry and a homeless ministry. And every night their ministry, their church feeds the community, the homeless of the community. And as I looked around myself in that sanctuary, I thought about, as a minister, here's this great amazing, probably one of the best preachers in the Nazarene church and and probably even beyond that. And he's spending all of his time and all of his career ministering in this setting, in a place that most of us wouldn't be real comfortable, in a place where he's never going to get rich, in a place where he's famous for what he's doing. he's, He's pouring his heart and his life out, honestly, for a lot of people who probably won't ever give him any credit or praise. A lot of people that are probably going to move on from their ministry. And I saw this example. His church is called Cross Style Church, and every one of his messages are very similar to what I'm telling you today. He's all about laying down our lives and taking up our cross. And I watched as Stephen Manley, a preacher that I've always had a ton of respect for and always loved, literally was laying down his life and taking up his cross every day. 
What does it mean for us to lay down our lives and take up our cross? What does that look like in your life? What does that look like to me? And your relationships with others. Are they about what you can get out of them? Are they about how they can benefit you? Or are they about loving and sacrificing and giving? What do you spend your time seeking? Do you spend your time seeking praise and and adoration and money and fame and all those things? Or do you spend your time pouring yourself out? What do you do with your money? What do you do with your time? What do you do with your resources? Are you using them to better your own life? Or are you taking up your cross and pouring it out for the kingdom? What's your life all about? Is it about the brand of you? Is it about making Alex Mahaffey the best that I possibly can? Or is it about laying down my life and picking up my cross? The truth of the matter is every king in every kingdom demands something. Every king in every kingdom demands something. Think about this. You live in the United States of America. And in this kingdom, there are rules. And those rules can change from time to time, but you have to live by the rules, and if you don't, there's consequences. It doesn't matter if you're in a, in a club that, with, with a bunch of people and a, that's a hobby of yours. It doesn't matter if you're in, on a sports team. It doesn't matter if you're in the United States or around the world. Every club, every kingdom demands something of you. And listen, God's kingdom is different than all the others, But we have to understand that if we want to live in God's kingdom under Jesus, the king, you have to understand what this kingdom is all about. And that's this. If we're going to follow Jesus, the king, we have to lay down or to take up our cross. We have to take up our cross. And maybe some of you are sitting here this morning thinking, I can't do that. I've got bills to pay. Where's a cross? Is there a cross up there? Can I get the cross up there? No? Okay. I have bills to pay. I can't do that. Take up your cross. I have a family to worry about. I can't just pour myself out. I've got kids. Take up your cross. I I have needs. I have things that I need in my life. Take up your cross. But I've worked so hard to get where I am. I don't want to give it up. Take up your cross but I've got perfect Sunday school attendance. I've been at church every day since I was born. Take up your cross. But, but I deserve this, but, but I've done this. Take up your cross. But don't you understand, Jesus? If I'm successful, then I'll have more opportunity to build your kingdom. Take up your cross. But I want to do it the Tim Tebow way. I want to be good looking and famous and rich and good at sports so that I can minister to people. Take up your cross. See, it doesn't work that way with Jesus. This whole, I can't do it, doesn't work with Jesus. It's not because Jesus wants you to be miserable or have nothing. It's because this kingdom is different. And if we're going to be a part of this kingdom, we have to take up our cross and follow Jesus. And so let me just say this one more time. Come back next week. I am so excited about where this is going. And what we're going to talk about. Listen, this is pretty real for me right now. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. Lay down your life. For the last six to eight months, I've been praying, Lord, show me what your will is for my life. Lord, 
Show me what your will is. I want to do your will. And for the last three or four months, I've been praying over and over again. Lord, give me clarity. I need to know what your will is. I need to know what's going to happen. Lord, show me the way. And I've prayed over and over again. Lord, show me the way. But here's the thing. It's not about me. It's not about me knowing the way. It's not, it's not about me having everything figured out. It's about taking up my cross and following Jesus. That's the call today. Lay down your life. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. There's this awesome quote in, in Tim Keller's book that says this. It says, Jesus Christ's kingship will not crush you. Jesus was crushed for you. Don't you understand this kingdom is different? We think in our minds, if I lay everything down, it's over. I lose. But, but Jesus says, no, I gave up everything for you. Lay down your life. Take up your cross and follow me. A few weeks ago when we talked about Jesus the revolutionary, my favorite thought from that was this. What we view as defeat of the kingdom is actually the kingdom's greatest victory. When we see Jesus arrested and when we see Jesus die on a cross, it looks like defeat, but that's actually the greatest victory of this kingdom. And so it follows that if we will lay down our lives and take up our cross, that's when we have victory that's when we have life. Jesus says whoever wants to gain his life will lose it. Lose your life. And so Jesus tells us this kingdom is different. If we'll lay down what we think is important, our lives, our power, our control, then we actually have life. This king is different. And so this morning, we're here to celebrate Jesus the king. And I know that usually on Palm Sunday, that's a, yay, Jesus coming in Jerusalem, and, and we want to do the whole parade thing. But this morning, I think it would be a much more appropriate response for us to take up our cross and lay down our lives. And so today, as we talk about Jesus the King, this week, as we work through Holy Week, and as we worship together and, and, and follow through Jesus' death, and resurrection, we want to follow together with that. But today, this morning, I want to ask you to take up your cross and lay down your life and follow Jesus. Here's the thing. The people that were there on Palm Sunday cheering and all excited, they missed the real party. And that's what's happening next week. That's the resurrection. They missed it. Because they had a different kingdom in mind. And let's just be honest and say that we oftentimes have a different kingdom in mind. But this morning I ask you to lay down the things in your life that are about you. To lay down the things in your life that are about your brand. To lay down everything. And take up your cross. And so the band's going to come up. And we're going to sing a song. And I just want to ask you to think about the areas of your life that are about you. And as we talk about Jesus the King today, I want to ask you to lay down your life and take up your cross and say, it's all about you, God. It's all about your kingdom. And so these altars are open as we sing, and I invite you to come and be a part of the kingdom, be a disciple of Christ by laying down your life and taking up your cross and following Jesus. Dear Lord, be with us. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for when it's about me. 
Lord, I'm sorry for when I get it wrong. But today, Lord, I want you to have everything. I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about you. So, Lord, speak to us. And I pray that we would all lay down our lives and take up our cross because you are our king. We love you, Lord.